0: If you can find your place in your Bible this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter number 9. And today is our home missions day. It's the consummation of our missions, emphasis in the month of March. And tonight, of course, our home missions will be displayed. Brother Brian will have everything that... uh, we have going on, and tonight I think there'll be a, a ministry booklet passed out so that you might know all the different ministers of our church and uh, thereby by you seeing these might have uh, maybe a touch of God in your life that you might want to get involved in some of these ministries. and so they are they are a huge it's amazing how many? different ministries that our church maintains. I think we're upwards to between 90 and 100 mission projects we support each month, and uh, so I'm, I'm so proud of that and glad of that. I would like to thank all the staff who worked so diligently yesterday to help the ladies in their, in their conference. The ladies had a great conference. I heard the preaching in my office from the pulpit here and fell under heavy conviction about women preachers in the church, but uh, that uh, we had a great time. And uh, I don't know how many potatoes we cooked. i can tell you how many I cooked, not I. i can tell you how many I wrapped to cook, five. And so our men, our staff, waited on the ladies yesterday, and I'm so glad that they did that. So this morning, I thought since tonight, Brother Andrew would be speaking on our mission and our home missions and our theme for the year is Revive Us Again, and I I hope and pray that you're experiencing Uh, the touch of God in your heart and your life. And then I'd like to define our mission. Uh, 29 years ago, I started, or my wife and I and a few folks, started the Joshua Baptist Church with a mission. It was not to get it big enough so that I could have a comfortable salary regardless of what you might think. Uh, It was not that we might buy property on the highway and build, I think, the most churchy-looking church in town. There ain't nothing wrong with looking churchy if you're going to go to church. If you want to go to a ball game, go to a stadium. And if you want to go to a stadium on Sunday morning, go to a stadium It looks like a stadium. You're welcome. That didn't have anything to do with the sermon. But we started the Joshua Baptist Church 29 years ago with a mission. We have not deviated from that mission one iota. We even started this church before we had texting and Twitter and twiddled it deep. We started this church, like the Bible said, to start a church. We could, Fifth Avenue it, I guess, quit soul winning and start advertising, but that's not how God said to do it. We are not going to change. We're too old to change, and it just difficult to change, especially when you have your mindset that you're not going to change. So if you want to know what this church stands for next year, come tomorrow, it'll be the same. And so I want to introduce you to three words you'll be looking at all year long. Going, sowing, growing. Have you ever heard this? I would like to be a member of a small spiritual church. Anything that is healthy grows. We pity little children who has infirmities and do not develop and remain infantile, small, and immature. We pity those. We pamper those. And yet, for some unknown reason, we have the mindset that you got to run 10 to be spiritual. It's a long way down there. Go ahead and say it so I don't have to walk down there. Oh, right, goodness. When I was young, I used to jump down there. <laughs> now I King James, I jumpeth not. Matthew nine, please. Matthew nine. We'll be reading verse 35 through 38. Defining. Our mission. It's simple. The answer is biblical. It's easy to find. We do not have to be confused about what we're going to do. And may I say to you, we're not going to do it because the church down the street is doing it. You got that. Just because Folk down the street won't go-go girls on the platform doing the singing. We go go not. <laughs> I know Brother Sean is not pretty, but his office is real close to the definition of ugly. <laughs> Verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every de- disease among the people. And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. defining our mission. Now, the book of Psalms is an easy book to find. I would like to invite you back to Psalms 126 and kind of hold your Bible like that. That way you'll be in both places. And uh, I'd like to read you Psalms 126. As we attempt this morning, in the next 20 minutes, to define our church's mission. Now, tonight I realize that probably Andrew will talk about home missions and so forth and so on. Brother Brian will also. Many of you do not know, but we have three churches going on at the same time in this building as we speak. We have a Spanish church going on at the same time as we speak. So there is more going on than in just happening in here. The Bible says in Psalms 126, watch this. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Let me add something. Since you've been saved, do you ever have to pinch yourself just to make sure you're awake? No more hangovers. No more hang-unders. No more bad trips on them sorry drugs. Huh? Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Every born-again child of God ought to be able to laugh. See, the people of God had hung their harps on the willow trees over in Babylon. They've been there now 70 years. And they asked him, why don't you sing the songs of Zion? And their answer was, how can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? The people of God had nothing to sing about while they were in Babylon. That may be what's wrong with the church. people of God. Don't have much to sing about if you're living in the world, if you're going where the world goes, and you've hung your heart for God in the willow trees of this old world. And so when Israel had departed and they'd gone back to Zion, they'd gone back to Jerusalem, they'd gone back to worship God, then was our mouth filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. How long has it been since you told a sinner how good God had been to that sinner? How long has it been since you showed that sinner how long it had been since God had done something good for you? The Lord hath done great things for us whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, they that sow in tears, shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weep and bearing precious seed shall doubtlessly come again with rejoices, bringing his sheaves with him. Just maybe bring you up to date on what this church is all about. I see, as I read here in the book of Matthew, and I was thinking this morning, I sure wish I could see what Jesus saw. And Instead of looking through these carnal eyes of mine and contemplating and evaluating everything with this carnal mind of mine, I would to God that maybe for just a little while I could Look through these eyes, which may become spiritual, and think with a mind that is not carnal or natural, but spiritual, and see what Jesus saw. And if I could, I believe I would see an unchanging purpose. An unchanging purpose, Jesus said, for the Son of Man is come and... uh, Seek and to save that which is what? Lost and unchanging purpose. The Bible says very plainly, The Lord is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should what? Perish, but have everlasting life. What is our purpose? Our purpose eventually will be what your purpose is. Because the more of you come... The less of us there be. I have a purpose. I really do. I I see an unchanging purpose that Jesus Christ started the church to win people to Jesus Christ, to baptize them, to disciple them, to teach them to do the same thing. I see an unchanging purpose. I do not see an unchanging church, but I see an unchanging purpose i see less churches with no visitation i see more churches with no sunday night service i see more churches with no wednesday night service and it only takes a super bowl to cancel sunday morning service i do not see an unchanging church but i do see an unchanging purpose and the purpose of god is for god so love this world Remember the rest of it? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For our God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him they might be saved. 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 Divine our purpose. Saved. In one word, saved. That's our purpose. It's not to have a dressing brigade or a fashion parade. It is not to complain that the preacher preached five minutes too long and he's getting loud when he gets old. Well, I need to hear what I say. Yeah. An unchanging purpose. I can define the purpose of this church in one word, say I was reading recently about two women in Arizona who had a ranch, a cattle ranch. One was bra- blonde and the other brunette. Well, the ranch got into trouble. And they needed desperately to buy a bull to propagate the herd. So the brunette said, I have read on the knit about a bull for sale in another city. I will go and check the bull out and if If the bull is what we need, I will buy the bull and send you a telegraph telling you get the pickup, hook up the trailer, bring the trailer and the pickup to pick up the bull. Brunette went to see the bull and took their last $600 to buy the bull. Now this story is just a bunch of bull. She observes the bull, takes him to the vet, has him checked out and everything, and shows the world the bull is absolutely what they need. She asked the fellow how much for the bull. He said $599. She said fine and paid the man. She went to the telegraph office to send the telegraph to the blog. Nothing disrespectful meant, regardless of where you're buying. I'm listening. And the man informed her that to send a telegram, it was one dollar a word. She had one dollar. She has to convey to the blog about the bull. He's in good shape. Go get the truck. Hook up the trailer, bring the trailer to get the bull, in one word. Because she's only got a dollar. She thinks for a while. And told the man at the telegraph office, Send this message to my blonde sister, comfortable. Comfortable. He said to her, How in the world is she going to get out of the word comfortable the message, Go hook up the truck to the trailer. Bring the trailer. We bought the bull. The brunette said, Well, I know my blonde sister, she's going to read that word comfortable slowly like come (laughs) for the book now that's preaching (laughs) one word an unchanging purpose world may change. Society may change. Architecture may change. Communication may change. Philosophy may change, but this book does not change. We must hold to the book regardless of how old-fashioned our friends may think the book is. An unchanging Our church has an unchanging purpose because there are unreached peoples, peoples. The Bible said when Jesus saw the multitudes, he said the harvest is plenteous. Preacher, it's hard to build a church today. It is with lazy folk. It is for folks who don't care about anybody dying and going to hell. It is for folks who have CDL license in their pocket and they're just sitting on them while we have no bus drivers. I told our bus folk, get the women to drive the buses. Some of you women step up, get you some CDL license. We depend on you, your husband too busy. That went over like a concrete cloud. Multitudes. The Bible said when Jesus saw the multitudes, have you stood out in front of our church and counted the cars? When we started the church 20-some years ago, there was 36,000 cars a day coming in front of our church. That's 29 years ago. Family, friends, and foe, and they're lost. The faint, the fearful, and the fragile, and they're lost. Oh, yes. People are hurting everywhere. Little kids are growing up. They learn how much fun sin is at an earlier age today than they did when I was a kid. Amen. Amen. You should have seen some of the ugly girlfriends I had to have. That's for that Lady Clarell and prop it up, build it up, stretch it out, and everything else in the world. But my soul. little kids are going up fast. While we're sitting around and not caring about it at all, they're scattered, they're shiftless, and they're satisfied, they're lost. Think about it if you would, please. Except they repent, they shall likewise perish. Had a member of a, another church in town not one of the baptist churches owns a business in town and i asked him the other day i said how's your church doing he said preacher the hope of joshua is in your church i wanted to say why ain't you there then what he's saying is we're the only bunch that's trying to get people saved we're the only bunch that'll buy gas for buses and Take the chance of litigation on buses to go get uh, the faint and the weary and the poverty-stricken and bring them to church. It's not about building your coffers with finances. It's about building people for God. An untapped, an, an unchanging purpose salvation for everybody. I just believe that God will save anybody that will come to Him in faith. Amen. I'm not caring whether they have a religious background. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what nationality they are. Jesus loves red and yellow, black and white. I'm glad they're all precious in Jesus' sight. Uh, an unchanging purpose, an unreached people, and an untapped potential. Pray ye. Therefore. Isn't it amazing? We get our nose in the crack. We start praying. Or we want to buy something and we won't make sure our credit's okay to get it. We pray fervently. Dear God, help this credit go through so I'll be broke the rest of my life. <laughs> Is anybody here? Any of you here so broke you can't pay attention. Amen. Come on, say amen. We're all just home folk here. Notice, if you would please. First Peter, I mean 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 1, an untapped potential. Jesus said, Pray ye therefore. If you don't have enough workers, pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest. If the harvest is plenteous and people are lost, hey! I- Therefore, the Lord of the Harvest. Do you know what? Your prayer might just pray your husband right into the ministry. You say, I ain't praying that. Well, he's praying that you'd follow him. <laughs> Amen. Can you imagine anybody being happier than me? I'm so happy, my third name is happy. I've been broke all my life. Just take all experience of how getting things done when you're broke. Amen. I've raised six kids. Three of them are idiots. And one's a jail ex-jailbird. I'm doing fine, doing fine, doing fine, doing fine. All of them's in church. All of them love God. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade my life for Obamas. Because I'm saved. Notice this, if you would please. First Timothy chapter 2. I'm talking to you about an unchanged purpose, an unreached people, and untapped potential. Verse 1. I exhort, I exhort therefore. First of all. Wonder why we don't get that first of all. Why do we wait till last of all before we pray? Why do we wait till they're about to repossess our car and say, dear God, kill the guy that's in the wreck"? Why do we? I exhort, Paul said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings, for all that are in authority, prayed for you, President, today, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Prayer gets God's attention. Prayer gets God involved in what we're doing. Prayer is partnership with the Lord of the harvest. Prayer, bless your heart, gets all that God offers. If we'll remember, there's an unchanging purpose at Joshua Baptist Church. Don't have to worry about what we'll be doing next week. We'll be running after sinners someplace. We'll be sending some buses somewhere. We'll be knocking on doors and handing out tracts somewhere. We'll have another housing project that we want to blitz somewhere. An unchanging purpose. An unreached people. An untapped potential. Can you remember those three things? Because those three words ought to help you remember those three great truths. If we're going to be the kind of church God wants us to be, we're going to have to be a going church. Go you therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. And Jesus said unto them, All authority, power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I command you. And, lo, I'll be with you always, even till the end of the age. Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, even so I do what? Send I you. Are you going... When we have soul winning and visitation and bus outreach, are you one of those counted on that's going? Can you imagine trying to have a church without going? Can you imagine spelling God without first saying, Geo? Have you ever attempted to spell the gospel and leave out Geo? The first thing God told Adam was, Go! Take care of the garden. I guess Adam got too busy or confused on that real deep command. Instead of going, he prescribed to showtime. And Eve was watching uh, Animal Planet. <laughs> that's weak preaching. I'll tell you, that's just got to be weak preaching. Go. Oh, I don't know about this uh, go business. I-, I just, I can't talk. I've been talking to your husband. He does not agree that you cannot talk. I've been speaking with your wife, and somehow or another she has not got the drift that you can't talk. I am not as educated as some of you folk. But my daddy said, one more curl in a pig's tail, don't make any more pork. So the three or four degrees I got on my wall would never match yours. But I think when I was in school, now you'll have to help me with this. You're not very smart either. But I know you'll go ask your mom because your dad don't know the answer either. If I am not mistaken, now you girls right here are so pretty to be sitting behind such ugly when I was in school, it might have changed a dab, but when I was in school, they told me I could not have a sentence without an action word. Is that about right? They don't know. And they don't all go to our school. Is that right? Does not the action word Do they not call it a verb? Good. Would go be a verb? Then if I'm making a sentence about going after the ball, if I left go out, it would just be the ball. Is that right? Is that right, girls? She did. No? <laughs> in other words, grammatically, I cannot have a sentence without some action. Yep. How uh, in God's uh, name do you expect us to have a church with no action? Yeah. 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 Amen. You are to go. Right, yeah, right. you ones are to go. That's a good word. Go. Jesus said, go. We would be scriptural, therefore, if we were a church that was busy in ourselves about going. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Doug, am I about half right To say that several years ago, you came home and there was a King James Bible in your mailbox. Would I be about half right to say that Joshua Baptist Church sent you a King James Bible free? Bonded leather. That was a mistake. It's supposed to be in a paperback. How did you do that? Not only did he, but every mailbox in Joshua received a King James Bible in the mail from our church. It could be on a given weekend that your church knocked on a thousand doors on any given weekend. Where are you while we're going? I thought that was a good word. Jesus was our example. And as he was going, he went by Levi's place of business and won Matthew to the Lord. And when he got thirsty as he was going, he went by Jacob's well and went a prostitute to the Lord. On his way to somewhere, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus in a tree and said, "Come down, for today's salvation is come to thy house." And while he was going, he passed by a graveyard, and a wicked, ungodly, naked, demonic man was running and crying and screaming in the graveyard. And it wasn't but just a few minutes later, Jesus had him clothed and his right mind sitting at the master's feet. And as he was going, listen to me now, he stopped for just six hours in a place called Calvary. There, while hanging in the hot, very desert sun, he took time to win a thief to the Lord. Our example is our Lord Jesus. And if we want to be biblical and we want to be what God wants us to be, please, we must be a going church. A sowing church. He that goeth forth, weepeth, weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. May I ask you in closing, where did your tears go? He that sows in tears shall reap Enjoy. Where did our tear go? Our compassion, Jesus said, when he saw the multitudes scattered about, he was moved with compassion. How long has it been since somebody is in this church and, and you might have thought or maybe insinuated or even had the thought that they were lost on the way to hell? How long has it been since you wept for that? Soul, it's going to spend eternity in hell someplace. I've told you about when I got saved. Two men came to my house on Thursday night. One a pastor, one a missionary. Gerald Rose, was a missionary, to southern, uh, south someplace, Nicaragua or someplace down there where they speak Spanish. Had a beautiful red colonial. Chair, two of them sitting in the corner, kind of velvet looking. Nobody's sitting in chairs; they would just stare to make everything look good. This dumb missionary didn't know that. So he goes over and plops in one of them red chairs. I'm on the couch, and Brother Williams is sharing me the gospel. After a while, I look over and that dumb missionary ain't sitting in a chair; he's on the floor boo-hooing and crying, begging God to save me. I mean out loud. <laughs> save him, Lord. He's a duty. He needs to be saved. He's a sorry, no-good devil. I said, and he's getting tears all over my velvet chair. <laughs> you know, if we had more tears, water in the seed that we sow, we might have a bigger harvest. It's not ritualism. It's not what we ought to do. We ought to have compassion enough to do it. Huh? A few years ago, I was summoned to Preach a funeral for a little boy. He's no longer a little boy, he's become a very active criminal. He's dead, teenager, dead. called me and asked me to do the funeral. I called my secretary. I said, would you please look in the records? I wouldn't mention the name, but these ladies would know who it is. And I said, would you look at the records and see if that boy ever made a profession of faith when he rode our church buses? My secretary answered me, said, yes, on such and such a date. He rode such and such a bus and responded to the invitation and got gloriously saved. He that soweth in tears shall reap in joy. This year we're just going to continue going, sowing. Know the next word? growing. Peter, in closing his book out, 2 Peter 3, 18, says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Anything I close that is healthy grows. I was showing a young lady to a Sunday school class this morning and uh, so he's walking through the somebody has defined for me the difference in the mezzanine and whatever we got back there you know that crooked thing that goes from each wing back there and I was taken to this young lady to her class and she said everything is so big I said, well, this is how I look at it. We're a little church with a bunch of folk. A little church with a lot of people. And anything that is healthy grows. My prayer to God is for us is that this year we would grow spiritually. That each one of us would fall more deeply in love with Jesus and become so intimate in our walk with Him, our relationship to our church is not dependent on what I think of the preacher, but what I think of the Savior. Amen? Amen. That we might grow numerically. Because the more troops we got, the bigger the army. And the more soldiers we can put on the street, the more glory God gets for it all. That we might grow domestically. Quit fussing and fighting and talking about divorce. Get your dictionary and rip the page out of the dictionary where divorce is at. Amen. Huh? And throw it away. It don't even exist anymore. I've been begging Ginger to do that for years. She's got three dictionaries, hadn't touched the one of them. <laughs> but as you grow in grace in our Lord, you'll grow in grace domestically. It won't be about you, it'll be about him. It won't be about what job you got. It's about where you can honor God the best. Where is your children the safest? That we grow financially. Not church. Family. You learn more this year, I pray, about handling finances. Quit worrying about what you make. Start being concerned about what you're doing with what you do make. Amen. I said, amen. You say, well, you can say that as big as the offerings are around here. Do you think they were always that big? Please let me help you just a dab. They ain't always been that. I mean, there has been weeks when I said, wife, Here's the gun. Shoot me. And she missed. You know, it kind of bothers you when your wife brings that little white powder to you right while she's cooking. And says, honey, would you taste this to see what it is? And I tasted and I said, honey, it's flour. She said, I thought it was sinai. <laughs> Arsenic. <laughs> Don't forget our words. Growing, going, sowing, growing. All of God's people said, I've just defined for you Joshua Baptist. Sure.